very special interview. Um, it is somebody that I have followed on Instagram for the past, I guess, two years, um, maybe two and a half years. We've been following each other, and I've really enjoyed watching um, what she has to say, sharing her story about raising a child who is blind or um, visually impaired. So I hope you guys enjoy our interview. Um, I'm also going to make sure to tag her handle on Instagram so you guys can go follow her when we're done. And I hope you really, really enjoy this video. Welcome to the Crab Podcast. Here at Children Raised Around the Blind, we have two goals. Our first goal is to help those living with the blind to understand them better and to help children through the difficulties that come from living with a blind parent. Secondly, we want to spread awareness of the blind community. Here on the podcast, we will share the things that blind people can do and ways the sighted world can include them in everyday life. Join us twice a month to learn about the visually impaired community. having me here today. Um, my name is Jessica and I am a mum of two kids, Harvey and Lucy. Um, Harvey is our little boy and he will be three next month um, and Lucy is our daughter five and my husband Brad. Um, we're all currently living in Bangkok, originally from Australia. So we're here doing a little expat stint. We've been here four years now um, and yeah, it's been been a great ride we're loving it here so yeah I guess that's us in a small nutshell (laughs) awesome I'm so glad you said yes to doing this interview with me it will also give you a chance to tell you more about Harvey's story so can you give us a little bit about um, Harvey's eye condition and tell us you know how all that came about for you guys sure so um, Harvey has a retinal disease called Leber's congenital amaurosis or more commonly known as LCA. And LCA is the most common um, disease or cause of blindness from birth. So his particular um, gene is um, AIPL1, or also known as LCA4, and it is one of the more severe um, forms of LCA. So kids with AIPL1 are one in a million. So he's pretty rare. (laughs) So we're pretty, he's a pretty little special boy. Um, I think in terms of how, you know, this journey all started for us being our second child, um, I think we started to notice things were a little bit different compared to his sister. Um, At around, I suppose, six to eight weeks, we started to notice that he wasn't tracking things, he wouldn't notice things like his sister did, and and that got us, you know, a bit, um, I suppose, worried at the beginning as to what was going on. Um, we reached out to a friend of ours who's an ophthalmologist in Australia. Harvey was born here in Thailand, I should have said that, um, and a COVID baby, so that made it even harder. Obviously, family couldn't get to us at the time. And she just said, look, go and see a pediatric ophthalmologist, and we did, and as most of these diseases go, you know, it's a lot of testing. Um, and at that time, to be honest with you, my biggest concern was that I was going to have a baby that had to wear glasses. 
And now looking back, I know that that's so silly, but um, yeah, I was quite upset by that, you know. I thought, oh my goodness, like having a baby with glasses is, you know, one extra thing you have to worry about. Little did I know that was the, the last thing I had to worry about. Um, so yeah, it was a super emotional time for us, I think also because we were in a foreign country where English is also not um, the first language here. We were had no family around, we couldn't have family fly to us, it was locked down. And yeah, we're going through all these tests and at around the age of three months clinically, he was diagnosed with LCA. Um, and then at about four months, we started genetic testing. And that took another, I'd say about eight weeks until we got his genetic diagnosis. So um, yeah, I mean, that was kind of the journey that we went on, I suppose by it was about six or seven months we had his genetic diagnosis. And whilst that was quite a difficult, um, period for us being in Thailand because we had to go to a lot of um, local hospitals because they were the ones with the machines or um, the particular people we required. Um, we were grateful that we were here because things moved very quickly. Where we've heard in other countries, sometimes you have to wait up to a year for genetic testing. So, you know, there was pros and cons to it all. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> I hope that answers in a nutshell sort of how we got Harvey's diagnosis, um, what his diagnosis is and yeah that was kind of the process that we went through. The COVID year was hard I think for everybody and then trying to get a specialist would definitely have been a very difficult. Yeah. Even here <laughs> it, in was the really, States. it was yeah it was really it was really really hard time and you know like I know that it was a hard time for everybody um and yeah we were just fortunate that we could we could make appointments obviously you know it meant that either myself or my husband were going into the room so that was also difficult getting a diagnosis for your child with only one of you present in the, bed, in the bedroom in the doctor's room um so yeah look it was it was definitely a hard time um but yeah we're through that now that's cool that's awesome and i'm glad glad you got it done in under a year too because sometimes it takes so yeah. long you figure that out and you're like my child's for not sure. this exactly and i think the waiting period was just the hardest it was great to actually finally have an answer and then you can sort of move on Oh yeah, and as moms, there's always like so many worries in our head that we're just like, is it this? Is it that? What do I? What does my future look like? And so sometimes it's yeah, like, you for want sure, them to sure. as, as soon as possible. Yeah. You're like, okay, this is where I don't have to worry about all those other things. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, totally, totally agree. Um, so, what are some of the adaptive things you guys have learned for you as a mom, especially with having another child? You know, some of those differences or some things that you've noticed that Harvey really enjoys that maybe your daughter was just completely oblivious to because she's like, I don't need that type of stimulation. Um, yeah. So what are some of those things? Yeah, I, I this is a really interesting question because I think for myself and my husband, our main goal is to treat Harvey and Lucy completely equal and offer Harvey all the opportunities that we offer Lucy. Um, we try not to think too much about his vision, obviously, it's something we have to think about, you know, it, it, it is there. Um, and there's things we need to do to make things easier for him or more accessible to him. But we try to always let him try things before we adapt it. And I think in my opinion, I mean, again, this is just my opinion. I think it really depends also on the amount of vision a child may have, um, because obviously blindness is a spectrum. We believe how he does have a little bit of vision in terms of, um, being able to see large shapes, lights and shadows, but we don't think he has any, he can see any detail. Um, so, you know, I suppose at 
his age at the moment, the main things we do, obviously his toys, um, he does, he, I mean, he's mad for cars and trucks and those kind of things, but, you know, things, cars and trucks that make noise or cars and trucks that have lights, you know, something as simple as that. Um, you know, he loves to kick a ball around and we have a ball that has a bell in it. So it's just, it's just small um, changes, I suppose, we've made. We haven't really made any changes to our home. Um, he's really impressive at how he navigates and learns how things are. And um, yeah, we were big believers on that, you know, he, 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 he just sort of gets on with it. And, and we try and let him show us that before we assume that he needs, you know, these things made and done for him. Um, in his bedroom, we do try and keep toys in a particular place so he can play freely by himself and he knows where things are. And then, um, yeah, I suppose that's what we've done. Books, he, you know, we've added Braille. Obviously, he's not reading Braille yet, but, you know, we've added Braille there so he knows what reading looks like for him. Um, choosing, you know, touch and feely books, those kind of things. So, yeah, I suppose it's kind of obvious, <laughs> obvious things that you would do for... Um, a child with visual impairment but yeah we I wouldn't say we to be honest have made huge adaptations he's sort of he's pretty amazing I must say he sounds like a normal almost three-year-old boy like he's yeah yeah exactly and I think you know that's really important for people to know is I think it's quick for people I find people are quick to judge um people with disabilities and think they're not capable and stuff but actually they are and and yeah, you don't need to make huge changes until you know what they're actually capable of doing. Oh yeah, and exploring so, exactly. all of that. Like that's a normal, that's what normal toddlers do and he just does it by yep. touch instead of seeing. He does all of that stuff, makes a mess, all of that, and, you know, and we, we get him to tidy up his bedroom just like we, his sister does. So we don't feel sorry for him by any means and you know, give him any, I suppose, um, yeah, we don't, you know, what his sister does, he oh, does. Maybe slightly, yeah, exactly. He does it in a slightly different way, but he still does it. So, yeah, that's it's kind of required to do it. We look at it. Yeah. So, has your son been able to feel accepted by others in public? I don't know how much you guys are out and about. I know I see some of your content where he's, you know, being a normal kid outside. Um, so, what is it like yeah. kind of for you guys, environmental outside of the family? How's yeah, that? Yeah. I suppose there's, there's two sides to this. Um, one being us and our family and our, our friends. Everybody's been amazing. Um, we have a great support system around us and everybody has accepted him for who he is. And, you know, yes, his blindness is a part of him, but it doesn't define him. And then we found that our friends have been great and, and also really willing to learn about um, what blindness means, what blindness means for Harvey. Um, and that has been fantastic. I suppose the other side of that is, you know, the general public. Um, so we obviously, as I mentioned, live in Thailand. And in, unfortunately, in Thailand, um, disability is not looked upon in a, you know, a fantastic light. So that can be sometimes difficult um, because as soon as you mention, um, you know, that your child is blind, there's often negative connotations around that straight away. Um, you know, there's often the feel, the need to feel like you have to do everything for Harvey. Um, you know, at nursery, those kind of places, we, you know, we've had to really sort of tell them like, he's capable, he can do things, you know, he doesn't need to be put in bubble wrap. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, and I don't think it's it comes from any, like, a bad place. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's lack of education um, and lack of awareness, really. So that's one of the main reasons that we're doing this is to hopefully educate and um, create more awareness around low vision and blindness. I mean, Harvey was the first blind person I had ever met. So, um, yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's an interesting place to be, but, we, I mean, we're just trying to... Yeah, I suppose make it as easy for him as possible by creating awareness around what it means to be blind. Exactly. That's why yeah. I have crabs because there's not anything actually for kids of blind parents. And so many people yeah. growing up thought, oh, well, you must do the cooking for your mom or you must tend to your younger sibling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, excuse me, she is a grown woman. She is capable of doing all totally. of things. Yeah. You know, like, they thought my dad was in charge of bath time and stuff. And I'm like, my dad never once did a bath time with us. Like <laughs> all of that. She taught us exactly. all of those skills, but it's just people don't know. And so they don't understand that blind people are just as capable. They just may have a little bit of a different way of doing it. Exactly. So it's interesting. You've already run into those things, you know, even with Harvey being so little that that's yeah, no, for sure. Sometimes it's like, wait, come on, what did you think? Yeah, exactly. That exactly. doesn't make sense to my adult mind. It didn't make sense when I was younger. And the fact that sometimes the same comments are made, you're like, no, yeah. I don't pick up my mom's clothes for like she. <laughs> yeah, clothes. she can do that. Just little things, though. No, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, so as a family, what are some of your goals? Like trips, school, family time together. What are some fun things? maybe you guys do or just goals that you have down the road as Harvey gets older to you know let him have those experiences of yeah you know normal his normal life anyway but yeah no I think obviously even us living overseas we do enjoy to travel a lot so that was one thing you know when I got his diagnosis I was like oh my god like how are we going to travel with this blind little baby he can't see anything and you know obviously very naive of me and I get angry that that's how I was thinking at the time but to be honest that's how I was thinking and um yeah no we do a lot of travels he loves it and um you know he he again just explores the world in a different way loves pools loves to swim loves the beach um so we're very fortunate that we've been able to do quite a bit of travel with him and he's currently going to nursery so he goes to nursery four mornings a week um which again you know schooling for us is um been fantastic so far we've had great support systems at school with him um moving forward is where we're going to have to look at you know like making sure that he can get the right support with braille and and things like that but we've got plans in place for that um we've already looked at you know this the next school that he'll go to so yeah i think to be honest we just live a very normal life um and do things most families do um and and as Harvey is getting older and, you know, he's... He's able to communicate more now and show us really what he can do and what he does enjoy, just like Lucy shows us what she likes and doesn't like. Um, we sort of just get on with it. And I don't think we really have ever thought that his blindness can stop us from doing something as a family. Um, and sure, there's some things that are probably better suited to Harvey, but there's some things that are better suited to Lucy. So, um, yeah, we try not to get too hung up on it and we find that he always 
finds his own little way of enjoying stuff. So, yeah, I think I suppose the next big step for Harvey is obviously like school and how that's going to look um, and learning Braille and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I suppose that's kind of um, nothing too nothing too amazing. <laughs> it's both just normal life, really. Oh, well, yeah, that's really yeah. cool that you're already thinking that far ahead of, you know, what he's going to need and you know, the, the need for Braille. I'm a big Braille advocate person, even yeah. though I, my uh, podcast for 1st of September was on how as a non-blind person, I use Braille in a regular time, usually every three to four months. And then if I walk in a new yeah. space, I'm touching the Braille and all the signs. I'm the weirdo. Yeah. Because <laughs> like reading the room. So aware of it, right? Yeah, it, it's just there. It's part of who you are. And so that's really cool yeah. that you guys are working that way with Harvey. And, you know, he yeah. sounds like he's going to be ready when, you know, when he starts to start learning. And then, I hope so. Like, it opens. I mean, obviously, there's that added layer, right? Like, there's things that you have to consider that you don't have to consider with the sighted child. But, um, yeah, you know, you just, I guess, I, we often joke that, like, you know, there's, you know, a sighted child can just have as many problems or difficulties or hurdles. So yeah, we try not we'll try not to think too much about it and, and worry about it when it comes up, I suppose. <laughs> no, that's awesome. so awesome. Um, so that kind of mentioned, you know, went into my next question with him learning Braille. So you said you already have some Braille books there that he's able to at least feel and kind of know this is, this is what I'm yeah. going to be learning to read one day. I can read this to mommy instead of mommy read it to me. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, we were super fortunate. There's an amazing organisation in Australia called Vision Australia um, that sort of, when we first got, the, excuse me, first got the diagnosis, they um, sort of gave us some, I suppose, tips and tricks of what to do. So we have exposed Harvey to Braille from very early on. I think from I don't know, maybe eight or nine months in terms of just putting Braille in his books and um, at school, you know, everywhere that there would be a word. For a sighted child, we, we have put Braille labels um, and we work at school on that. Again, no two-year-old is reading the sign toilet, but it's there. So we, we you know, if there's a sighted word there, then we want a Braille, um, a Braille label. Um, you know, things on his water bottles. And I think it's just really great for him to know that Braille is just, it's his, it's his tool, you know, it's his way of reading. And also exposing Lucy to that as well. And just making it really common, um, like a just a common thing for, for them. And also, you know, little things like when they have their parties, we try and braille their friends' names on party bags. And um, yeah, just to try and educate people that it's not it's nothing weird, you know, it's just a different form of reading. Um, and yeah, it's great to see Lucy being like, oh, yep, there's braille in the lift or oh, there's braille on the handles. or And that I think is really lovely to know that, you know, she won't, she's not going to, I mean, she, she knows Braille and she can identify Braille. She's not going to be a Braille reader herself, but just that she's seeing it and for her now it's, it's just like, oh yeah, there's Braille. Just like you would say like, oh yeah, there's a flower on the wall. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, yeah, we definitely, it's definitely going to be, Harvey will definitely be a Braille reader. That's for sure. We're looking at actually buying up those Braille um, later in the year. And yeah, and me and my husband are, are learning it. My husband practice on the shower screens doing all his dots <laughs> so yeah no that's kind of i suppose where we're at we've got a long way to go we know that but um yeah no we're very keen to get started with it 
Yeah, I'll say learn the alphabet first. My five-year-old actually wants to learn Braille. I told her you can learn sign language or Braille. It doesn't matter since we homeschool. And she said, can I learn Braille this year? And I'm like, you know, that it's not happening now. It'll happen in January. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. You want to learn the Braille alphabet? Because we actually have um, all the print Braille books my mom has through the oh, wow. years collected at our house right now. And so yeah. a few are in grade one. So she could actually, if I can get her to learn tactilely, she could learn to read them in Braille. And awesome. through just one of those really cool things that like my kids, like the other day, they're like, can we go look at the books from Graham and pulled off the print Braille books and figured out what ones they want to read. So yeah, it's, so, it's cool. just so commonplace that it's like, it's not weird to them that we have regular print books and we have <laughs> the giant print yeah. books. So, I think it's just neat to expose them to it. And then I know she'll talk to friends and stuff if we go places and, hey, you know, that's a real sign or, you know, just noticing it as yeah, well. exactly. It's so cool because exactly. the, the little kids can educate kids. the others. Well, that's it. They're so powerful, right? Like, they can, they can just spread it themselves and, yeah, no. We're pretty excited, but also a bit nervous, a bit overwhelmed, but we'll get there. <laughs> it, is a, it is a lot. I've tried to do oh. a transcription course. I can do the alphabet. I can do some blends. And yeah, awesome. past that, my brain just kind of checks out on yeah. it. So one day, maybe I'll try again yeah. a bit. I still made, have all um, the books, but it, it, yeah. it's different. Made, yeah, for sure. We made Braille flashcards, and me and my husband were like, doing um, competing against each other as to who knew the most letters and he always beat me so I've got to pick up my game (laughs) that's so cool I think it's just a really neat thing you know for everybody to learn but especially if you have a child that you're wanting to teach braille that helps them as well know that hey yeah mom and dad are struggling just as much as you are to learn this buddy you know exactly do it together and that's really awesome so any um, closing words or thoughts for, you know, other parents who are dealing with a child with vision loss or maybe, um, you know, are not anticipating that, but if it were to happen, they can come back here and say, hey, I heard from so-and-so and this is really good yeah. information because, you know, it's not always at birth. My mom's uh, vision loss was at birth as well. Yeah. But, you know, there's all, always things that happen as kids age too. And sometimes that can be just as scary. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Any thoughts for you just coming from the parent side and... Yeah, look, I think think the main thing is, you know, everybody tells you it's going to be okay. And I think at the beginning, to be honest, it's really hard to believe that. Um, The diagnosis phase is scary and there's no denying that. Um, You know, I remember the, those early days, people kept telling me it was going to be okay, it was going to be okay, and it was, and I really struggled to believe that. Um, I think the unknown is always scary, um, and any parent wants what's best for their child. And, you know, I think what really helped me, and I would highly recommend to anybody who's starting this journey or about to go through this journey or whatever it may be, is, is reaching out to people in similar situations to you. Um, you know, my family, my friends, they were fantastic and I am so grateful for them, but what really helped us was talking to people in a similar position to us and also people that were slightly further along the journey and they were the ones that really, I really truly believe because they were living the same life we were and they would tell us it's going to be okay and, and they were the people that I... I really turned to in that time. Um, so I've met some amazing people through social media. And um, 
it really helped us because, you know, now we're, what, two and a half years on from diagnosis and I, it is okay. Everything's great. Everything's fine. And, and as your child gets older, you know, you start to, they, as they start to move around and they start to communicate and they start to have interests, you, you see that they are fine and they're happy. And, you know, just because we live in a sided world doesn't mean that that's the best world to be in. Um, so, yeah, I think my advice would be to reach out to people in similar positions to you. There's fantastic Facebook pages. There's so many amazing Instagram accounts now. Um, and I think they're really the people people that will get you through that hard part at the beginning. I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's not easy. Well, it definitely wasn't easy for me. Um, but it really does end up okay. And I think, you know, for people that don't have blind children, uh, my... You know, what I ask is always to realize that, you know, people who have vision loss and visually impaired and blind, they are so capable. They, they are so able to do things and don't be quick to judge. Um, and I look back at myself and I was quick to judge and I, I am angry at myself for that, but they're really capable and yeah, you know, give them a, give them a go look at what they can do. Um, and don't, don't, you know, put it all up before you've, you've actually seen what they're capable of. So yeah, I suppose that would be be my advice. Don't put them in a box. Let them draw draw their own circles first, for sure. Exactly, exactly right. And, you know, a lot of the times they're probably, I don't know, they they probably blows me away every day. So, yeah, I think that would be, be my advice. And you can learn so much from so many other families. And, yeah, everybody's going through their own little journey. Um, and no journey is the same. Exactly. Can yeah. you tell us real quick for those, and I'm going to make sure to tag your Instagram account, but your Instagram account handle, and I don't know if you have a Facebook, but where they can follow you and Harvey and keep up with you guys, kind of. Yeah, sure. Um, how you spread us. Yeah. Um, no, we're just on Instagram. We're not on Facebook. So it's just at the Harvey way with an underscore at the end. So, yeah. Thank you that's, so that's much for are. doing this. Uh, thank you very much for having us. Welcome back. I hope you guys really enjoyed Jessica and her story with Harvey and everything they're doing. I really, um, as she and I were chatting before the interview, I said, I think we, we have some of the same goals in mind, even though we're doing it in different ways. And I just thought it was really, um, really, really cool that they've already, you know, seen things and they're working towards some of the same goals of, you know, getting Harvey what he needs while also not babying him so to speak and just uh they're, they're doing a really great job you know learning the braille and having you know accessible things for him and it's just it's really cool to see so i hope you guys do go follow them at the harvey way with the underscore on instagram keep up with their story his birthday is this month of october so i hope you guys um, get a chance to wish him happy birthday and we will be back here next month, first of November, and uh, having you know our regular podcast updates as always. Trying to keep up with that. Um, we are on YouTube, so you can always watch our podcasts on YouTube for the second podcast of the month. Please share that with anybody that you want. Make sure um, if you can subscribe. And then also leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you're 
listening to us on. Um, that really helps get the podcast a little bit more, especially now that we're in 20 episodes. <laughs> um, we're heading in the right direction, getting all that content up, and would really love to see more people listening. And um, it just helps overall with the content that I'm making and gives me a little bit better idea of what people are looking for when they are interested in blindness and blind-related things. So do that for me, and I will see you guys in a couple weeks. Bye.